I need to thank Charles again. He did something just a little while ago that I kind of liked when he referred to me as the guest speaker. Um, and not just because it really dumbs down your expectations, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but every now and then I kind of go through these phases where I kind of like to speak about myself in the third person. And so this morning, the guest speaker would like you to turn to Psalms chapter 27. Psalms chapter, and, and just put your finger there. We'll get there eventually. We'll, eventually. we'll meander around a few verses and things like that and talk about some different things. We will eventually land there in Psalms chapter 27. Uh, but I should tell you real quick, one of the blessings, the absolute blessings about being a guest speaker, uh, there's many blessings. Uh, one of them is I can sort of do a little thing, do things a little bit different, not in a weird way or anything like that to, uh, anything wrong or sort of pushing the edge. But if you look at your handout, the title of the sermon is Insanity. And we're just going to touch on that a little bit. I'm actually going to talk about something completely different. Uh, and that's one of the, the blessings that I have as a guest speaker, Charles, is that I can kind of pull an audible because it's tough sometimes to figure out as a guest speaker what, what, what we should talk about. Uh, my goal is just to be biblical, to be true from God's word, to try to inspire and encourage, no more, no less. And so this morning I find myself sort of less fascinated with what I intended to preach about as opposed to what I planned to preach about. But just I'll give you a glimpse on what it was going to be about. It's actually, I'm kind of excited. I ordered something online. Now, for those of you that know me, realize I don't order a whole lot online. There's a few bills I pay, um, but I ordered the Insanity Workout videos. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> Some of you are thinking about the after picture, aren't you? <laughs> woohoo is right. But, you know, I got to looking, you know, and kind of I understood kind of my weight, and I thought, you know, I'm really not taking good care of myself. And, you know, I was kind of looking about my weight now versus my weight in high school. And if I were on the moon today, they'd be the same. Okay? And that's a gravity joke. Some of you will have to think through that. And so I thought, you know what? And so I said, you know, I, I went, now I got the video. I mean, I had it delivered to work, you know, so as not to arise suspicion there at the house. Um, dear. <laughs> anyways, because <laughs> that wasn't her that went woohoo, was it? Um, anyways, and I've been practicing with my little phone so I can do that before picture in the mirror, you know, kind of that little, you know, slouchy. <laughs> chunky look, and so, I don't know, here in, you know, a month or two months or 90 days, whatever it's supposed to be, uh, you may see me, I don't know, but um, I, I was excited, I was going to talk about that, and I thought, no, let's, let's do something a little bit more serious, and let's uh, instead look to the book of Isaiah, really a good sermon there, but we're, we're going to do something a little different this morning, because uh, in the time that I turned that into now, I think God spoke to me in a little different direction. Open your Bibles up to Isaiah. Now, you've already got Psalms chapter 27. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. And when you get there, one of the things we've got to talk about real quick is the significance of cities, particularly in the Old Testament, but then as you come forward in the New Testament, that cities began to develop not just a sort of a historical importance, 
you know, things that happened a, a particular city, but because of them, you know, they got used oftentimes as maybe a, more of a cultural reference. They might not be referring specifically to that very city, but, you know, it, it embodied some cultural issues, some, some things that were going on. For instance, you know, anytime you heard about Sodom or Gomorrah, and, and a reference in the Bible back to Sodom, it was, you know, referencing back to a time when, you know, things were just so very carnal. And people sought their pleasures to the point that they just, you know, could not possibly fathom the beauty of God. And, and when sometimes we'll hear in the Bible, and they'll, they'll speak of Zion, not just as the specific place of Zion, but just this idea of rest, this idea of comfort, this idea of the very presence of God that shines in such a way. So Zion has that. Egypt is another one of those. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, that Egypt is this idea, uh, and we're going to talk about that right now. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 1 through 5. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord. Just kind of making you guys nervous. I'm just going to hesitate for dramatic purposes for all you kids there. Anyways, here we go. Who execute a plan but not mine, and make an alliance but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the safety of the Pharaoh will be your shame, the shelter in your shadow of Egypt, your humiliation, for their princes are at zone, their ambassadors arrive at Hanes. Everyone will be ashamed because of a people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or for profit, but for shame and also reproach. Now, there's a couple of things we need to realize, really two major points of what we're going to talk about this morning, and you have to get your head around that, because there's, this, there's condemnation and there's learning here that we get from Isaiah, but it's a little bit different than some of the other passages that we'll read at times. And what's so very important here is if you look the backdrop of this, yep, it says woe and it talks about rebellion, but if you look at the very backdrop, the very backdrop is a group of people, or you know, people in general, that are making a decision that they think is going to be a good decision. They're making a decision for what they think is going to be the right. This is different than some of the times when Paul would write or, or some of the other prophets would go and speak to people who are determined to make choices contrary to God's word. That they were determined to celebrate idols that were not of God. They were determined to live in a lifestyle that was not holy or consecrated unto God. They were determined to do all these horrible things. And the prophet, would, they were determined to lie. They were determined to cheat. They were determined to structure the government in such a way. And that's truly what they wanted to do. And God spoke out against it. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is people are saying, you know, I've got to make some choices. And it sure seems like things would be easier back in Egypt. Now the story, and, and again, this, we're not talking about a specific Egypt here. The whole purpose of this, and, and the whole reason that this makes sense, is if you go back several chapters, and if you go back several books, and you understand the exodus out of Egypt. And what happened there, remember, for generations... They were oppressed. For generations, they were enslaved. For generations, the Egyptians just treated them terribly, made them work hard, killed firstborn and killed the males because they didn't want them to, to populate and take over. And they were just treated so horribly. 
and the deliverer, you know, sent by God comes and rescues. They come out of Egypt and, and then we get out of Egypt. And just when you think that their attitudes would be so wonderful and so great and so appreciative, they begin to whine and they begin to complain. They begin to grumble and they start taking on this theme. It would have been better for us to be in Egypt. It would have been better for us to be in Egypt than to die out here. Oh, if we could only go to Egypt. Oh, if we could only go to the things that make us feel secure, the things that make us feel safe, the things that are what we're used to. If only we could go back. That's the backdrop to Isaiah chapter 30. Ezekiel is a wonderful backdrop to this passage as well. If you remember back when they were in the Babylonian captivity because of what they did and some of the things that they had done, where God finally gave them over to be taken captive by the Babylonians, when they were finally allowed to leave, when they were finally given the opportunity to leave, what the Bible showed us was not all of them left. Despite the fact that they were oppressed, despite the fact that it was not the right decision, Despite the fact that it was a very unhealthy environment, not everybody chose to leave. And I bring that up this morning because this is, you know, these are people that are desperate. These are people that are worried. These are people that would rather deal with the stresses that they're familiar with than the fears of the unknown. And what the Bible says is, woe to those that want to go back to Egypt. Woe to those that would go there. And if you look at the reasons they go there, and if you look at the rationale behind doing that, again, it's not you know because they're so infatuated by sin or anything like that. The Bible says they look to take safety. They look to find safety in the refuge. They look to seek shelter. Safety and shelter were what they were after. They wanted to feel secure. They wanted to feel protected. And they wanted that protection and they wanted that security to the point that they would actually make a horrible decision to go back to Egypt. Interesting passage. It's an interesting story, I think. But to me, what's so absolutely fascinating What's so interesting, and more importantly, what we need to talk about this morning for the next few minutes, is this isn't something that is limited to the Israelites. This isn't an attitude that's Old Testament in its exclusivity. That in the year 2013, all of us have an Egypt that we try to go to from time to time. All of us have an Egypt that we would prefer to dwell in. Because the paths that we embark on, the paths that we know to be true, seem a little bit scary. And instead, we seek safety, we seek shelter. Let's talk about just a couple of those this morning. And I hope God dwells on your heart and he works in you and you think about... Because here, here's the thing. You are either in Egypt right now. Or you are about to go back to Egypt. And that's just how we do it. We are either, because very few of us, 
And if you're one of those, you're exempt, you can leave right now, and we'll just talk to everybody else, those that either are in Egypt because it seemed more safe, it seemed more secure, or those that fear that someday they are toying with the option of going back to Egypt, and they're really worried they're going to take it. Let's talk just a little bit about careers. Some of us, and I will now stop speaking, and I'll speak, you know, is that the second person when I say us? I don't know, when I speak in third person, I understand that, but lighten up people, really. Um, We had not got to the heavy part of the sermon yet. It's okay to still smile. There are those that would take their careers to Egypt. And we understand the need for career. We understand the need to be able to support family. We understand the need for money and the need to be able to transact in this marketplace and everything like that. We understand the need for you know, long-term security and safety. We understand all of those things. And with a stock market that goes up and down and an economy that seems like it's always sort of precarious and, and inflation and everything like that, we get a little worried, don't we? We get a little scared. And we will take our career to Egypt the first chance we get. And it isn't because we truly want to sort of make bad choices. Or it isn't, it's not that. It's because we seek shelter. We seek safety. We seek security. And as the Bible describes people and it describes the shelter they find and, and the safety they find, one of the things that we learn very quickly as we sacrifice our families, as we sacrifice good choices, as we sacrifice friends, as we sacrifice self-esteem, as we sacrifice self-worth, just to go to Egypt to have the security around a career. The shame that comes when we look around and we go, wow, why did I do this? The career. I look at chapter 30, verses 1 through 5, and I think about Egypt, and I think there are those that take their families to Egypt. There are marriages in Egypt. There's a way that's right, there's a way that's wholesome, and we understand that, but because Egypt is so much easier, we go there sometimes. We look for the safety of, instead of communication, we turn to the safety of silence because it's so much easier. We go to the safety and the shelter of busyness. We go to the safety and the shelter of conflict avoidance. We go to the safety and the shelter of avoidance altogether because it's easier, it's simpler. And in many ways, it's more comfortable. And then ultimately, we learn the humiliation and the shame that comes with those choices. We go to Egypt when it comes to parenting sometimes. Parenting isn't always fun. It isn't always easy. So I've been told I'm having a great time with it. I don't know what your problems are. Trying to keep it light. Good grief. Um, but there are those that will take parenting to Egypt. Because it's easier in Egypt to be a friend than it is to be a father. 
It's easier in Egypt to be fun than it is to be a mother. It's easier in Egypt to put in a video than it is to talk. Egypt's a very easy and secure place. And we go there parenting sometimes. We go to Egypt as a church family sometimes. You know, if you look, and we started to talk about it in the loft class today with the 5th and 6th graders, and you look at the idea of friendship in the Bible, and one of the things you begin to notice in the Bible is that friendship is a very difficult concept. It's simple, I guess, a simple concept, but it's so difficult to do. And that so many of our friendships are based on Egypt. The safety and the security of that which is easy. The safety and security of the things that we have in common. The safety and security of trying to remain popular. To trying to retain friends. The safety and security of keeping your mouth shut. When what we really want to do is to scream out against an injustice. And what comes to us, the Bible says, isn't, isn't security. It isn't shelter. But instead, what the Bible says, it's shame and the lack of profit. Humiliation lives in Egypt when we try to take our lives to Egypt for the sake of easiness. And all of us will do that. Family, as family, as friends, and as a church even. You know, there's so many things that we could do that are so much simpler that are so much easier. We can avoid conflict. We can avoid people. We can seek the safety and the shelter of that. We can seek the safety and the shelter of not being involved. We seek the safety and the shelter of not putting ourselves out there at risk. We seek the safety and shelter of things like that. And we justify it because it is more secure. It is more safe. And it's one of those things that really sort of jumped up to me this week. You know, this past week, we lost some good people. We celebrated the, we celebrated Edna and that passing. And then just a few nights ago, you, some of you don't know him, but a guy by the name of George Pletcher. Passed on down in Corpus Christi. Wonderful man. Much like a father to me, really. And unfortunately, I dare say that as it, as it came to our relationship, Jim went to Egypt more than he should have. George's health was declining. His mind was slipping. And it was so much easier, so much more secure for me to not communicate as much as I used to, to not stay as in contact with he and his wife like I once did, because it was just so awkward to me. It was just so uncomfortable. I went to Egypt so fast, and I basked in its shelter. I basked in its security. And now I look back, and no, I'm kind of suffering the shame and the humiliation. Being a Christian is about tough choices. Being a Christian is about doing things differently. 
Being a Christian is about putting certain priorities first, even though they are awkward. It absolutely floors us to think that that group of people, you know, back in the Old Testament, the ones that were in, out in the wilderness, the ones that came out of Babylonian captivity, it absolutely floors us to think that they would somehow want to return back to the things that oppressed them. But as offensive as that may be to us, it's even more offensive to think that thousands of years later, we do the exact same thing. And so this morning, I'm just going to ask you very simply, what aspect of your life do you still have in Egypt? What aspect of your life, even though you know and you understand what God would have you do in that very aspect of your life, be it you know, with people or, or work or friends or family, your relationship with God, whatever that is, whatever you've got in Egypt, seeking the shelter and seeking the safety, I ask you to get out of Egypt. Because every time that people did that, oh, it was tough and it was awkward. But there was this spiritual awakening and a closeness to God and blessings Untold. You got to get out of Egypt. Turn over to Psalms chapter 25 and we'll close on that. Psalms chapter 25, or excuse me, 27. Sorry about that. Beginning in verse 11 Teach me thy way, O Lord, laid me in a level path because of my foes. And the whole book, excuse me, the book, the whole um, chapter of chapter 27 has to do with this idea of trusting in God. Trusting in God, no matter how fearful things may be, no matter awkward the circumstance, no matter how much safety and security there is in Egypt, trusting God. It starts with the Lord is my light and my salvation. We come on down so we get to verse 11. Teach me Thy way, O Lord, lead me in the level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen to this. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. As we offer the invitation, there's probably one more aspect of this cute little insanity sermon that I, ought, I probably ought to divulge. I mean, I did order it, and I am going to do it. I'm excited even. But here's the part that I haven't told you. I ordered the video in December. Too many times we gather together knowing what we need to do. Knowing the choices that we need to make. Knowing the situations we need to to do differently. Knowing the response that we need to have to the very gospel call. But yet, for some reason, we don't do it. I invite you this morning, because there really is nothing more insane than to deny the call that the Master gives you this morning. If there is anything we can do, we invite you to come.
All together we stand and sing.